the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Parents Toe. In an era of chaos, confusion, and craziness, Parents is a voice for common sense. As a financial literacy educator, speaker, and entrepreneur, Parents cuts through the noise to help us understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Now, here's Ferenc Stoke. Welcome to Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc. Wow, do we have a lot of stuff to cover today, so let's just get right into it. The first bit of economic news that I think is very important, and I haven't seen a lot of this in the news, a little, but not a lot, is Fitch has downgraded the U.S.'s long-term ratings from AAA to AA+. In other words, they've reduced the credit rating of the U.S. long-term foreign currency. This is a big deal. This is actually a really, really big deal, and that's why I'm, it's frustrating to me that it's not getting the attention that I believe it deserves. The reason why the credit rating is so important, or reducing the credit rating, it, it, it works much like you know anyone understands. Your credit rating is very, very valuable in terms of when you go to borrow money, when you want to borrow money, a lender looks at your credit rating to determine your risk. And of course, with a higher credit rating or a better credit rating, your risk is lower, therefore you get lower rates or more favorable rates borrowing. By reducing, downgrading the U.S.'s currency rating, it means the costs of borrowing, of financing debt, increase. Now this is a big deal because the amount of government debt that the government has currently is at all-time highs. Um, late, latest numbers are around $32 billion, or trillion dollars, I'm sorry, uh, a crazy amount of, of debt. So that debt, now the interest on that debt, the cost to maintain it will increase. This makes a big difference because it's such a big number. It also will affect economic economic output going forward. The government will have to borrow more funds, of course, or allocate more of their funds that they receive from tax revenues or whatever uh, to service that debt, which means less of the money is available for other purposes. You know, valuable things like uh, military, for example, paying for that. It also will then encourage or ca- can cause the government to want to spend even more trying to service that debt. It'll put more pressure on them to do that. So there's no good news about this. And of course, it's it's as Fitch, the credit rating agency, pointed out, uh, there's a number of reasons for the downgrade. One, in their opinion, they said there's been a steady deterioration in the standards of governance over the last 20 years, including fiscal and debt matters. They're right. I've been talking about and harping on that for quite some time, that our government has been uh, fiscally responsible at all, and I've often compared them to, like, drunken sailors, but frankly, that is an insult to drunken sailors. 
the thing is with a drunken sailor, if they're spending money like crazy, at some point they get cut off because the amount of cash they have or their credit card, they max it out. There's somebody there to say no more. They get they that sailor can't spend any more money, right? Well, our government takes it to a whole new level. In other words, they they'll spend all the cash that they receive from from um, from tax revenues, but you know people pay into the system. Then they'll borrow more using their credit card, right? Once they max their limit, instead of being cut off, someone's there to say to cut them off. They, in essence, they own the Federal Reserve too, right? They own the banks. So therefore, they just go to, they basically vote themselves, increase our credit limit, and let's spend more money. So it's like if you own the bank and say, well, you know what? I'm just going to spend more. Uh, I'm going to increase the debt, the limit, right? Which causes even higher levels of debt that go beyond, you know, what the drunken sailor could do. So it's worse than a drunken sailor is what my point is. Our politicians, our representatives, Fitch is correct, over the last 20 years, have done nothing but spend more and more money. This is both political parties. It, it just, it's not a good situation. And like I said, it's eroded confidence in fiscal management. They're absolutely correct. Finally, I mean, I think they're, this reduction in credit rating is long overdue, but finally they're coming around to it. I don't like it. I don't like the ramifications that are going to come of it, but it's a fact, and it needs to be addressed. And before you can fix a problem, you got to admit there is a problem. And our government has a massive spending problem. The second reason that uh, Fitch quoted stating why they um, reduced the rating was... They expect the uh, deficit to rise. So from uh, in 2022, the federal deficit was like 3.7% of revenues. Well, they expected in 2023 to be 6.3% or roughly double. So in other words, the deficit in a year doubling. Okay, that that is, folks, unsustainable. You double the amount of debt you have uh, in a year. That is just not good news no matter how you cut it in terms of a uh, from a fiscal responsibility standpoint the other point they made was general government debt to rise which is kind of similar but G- they're comparing it to gdp growth you know the last two years uh the debt to gdp that's gdp is a total uh production in essence how much money if you will the country makes and the debt in 2020 was 122% of what the country earns in a year. So it's like if you made, let's say you made 100,000 a year income, to use a simple example, you owed 122,000 or 122% of what you, the gross of what you earned in a year. So our government owes over a year's worth of, of income in 2022. It did go down a little bit uh, since the that was the peak, 2022. And it's currently at 112%. So, um, but it's still well above the pre-pandemic levels of around 100%. In other words, prior to the COVID, the government owed about a year's, how should I say, a year's worth of income, okay? Um, they're now at over a year's worth of income. That, you know, if you are carrying that kind of debt, if you owe on, you know, debt, interest, and all that kind of stuff, more than what you make in a year, that is not very, that's fiscally not strong. Your your fiscal situation, your debt to income ratio is way out of whack. To put things in perspective, the debt ratio is about two and a half times higher than the average AAA rating of a company. 
In other words, the average company that gets a AAA rating will owe about roughly 40-45% of a year's income in debt. In other words, they could take about a ha- less than half a year's income and pay off all their debt. And that's a typical company with a AAA, AAA rating. Okay, Well, our government owes 112%, not 40%. So almost three times of what the typical company AAA rating is, or typical AAA bond rating would be, look like, okay? So it's significant. They're being extraordinarily generous with the government because of, again, their abilities to print money. But the reality is that's another one of their points they make is the fact that they are spent, are printing money in unprecedented amounts of money also erodes the value of the dollar. And so it erodes the overall economic situation. The other thing is, Fitch points out too, and this is something I've been discussing on the show for quite some time, is their expectation that with tighter credit conditions, weakening business investment, they expect a slowdown in the economy. Fitch predicts that slowdown will actually occur in, um, in late 2023 and early 2024. That's what they're predicting uh, is going to happen. You know, we're going to see what that's what what if that's actually the case but all the leading economic indicators we've we've discussed that on the show previously a number of times all point to the same thing that our that if our economy's not already in recession it's definitely certainly heading heading there and that's the point they were making so things are going to get worse before they get better so these are all reasons like i said to um, why the Fitch lowered the credit rating of the U.S. You know the U.S. credit rating. Again, not good news by any stretch. How it's going to affect the average individual is higher interest rates, higher costs of borrowing money. So any debtor, anyone who owes money is going to have to. It's going to cost them more for that debt, whether that be an individual, a business, or the federal government for that matter. So if you're spending more of your income on just servicing interest, that means you have less money to use for other purposes. Money to live on, or expand a business, or produce products, or if you're a government, provide services. You know, it's, it's just that simple. So the more that happens, the less economic viability you have. The weaker you are, the weaker you are economically. Individually, how it affects individuals, the government doing this, is going to really cause interest rates to continue to be higher. Most estimates I see from the economists are saying that this 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 reduction, this downgrade in the credit rating for the U.S. government, is going to cost about five to seven percent more in interest costs for the average individual. Okay, and that's on top of generationally high inflation that we've been dealing with for the last couple of years. You know, based on most of the numbers, I've shared this on previous shows, but over the last two years, we're seeing, you know, approximately anywhere from 20 to 40% increases in the costs of goods and services, things like food, fuel, and etc. over the last two years. Well, if the cost of borrowing has increased another 5 to 10%, let's say, you can just add that on in addition to eroding the value uh, the ability of people to pay their bills, purchase, or erode their purchasing power. Again, it, it's it's bad news all around. And the reality is, what is the solution? 
well, enough people need to wake up and educate themselves about this type of thing. So I'm going to strongly encourage you to share these ideas with other people and send them to yourpersonalbank.com to listen to this or any previously recorded show. I know it's a, a, a kind of a shameless promotion, but it's it's so important. Education is the key. Understanding is the key. We need enough voters, people that are actual willing to vote, educate themselves. We need 51%. We don't need everybody. Like I said that so many times. We need enough people to educate themselves and recognize that this is an issue. And we need representatives who are fiscally responsible. Otherwise, they're going to just continue to drive us off this fiscal cliff and this economic cliff. And it's going to just make, it's going to, this is the beginning of the end, if you will, if you the ship can be turned. We can change direction. It's not too late. We haven't driven off the cliff yet. We haven't run into the iceberg yet, like the Titanic. But we're definitely headed that way. Uh, one economist said, look, Rome wasn't built in a day, and it wasn't destroyed in a day either. This is the beginning, a very tangible evidence of deteriorating, long-term deterioration of economic um, strength of the country. And we can right the ship, we can change the direction, but we need to get the right people in office that understand and are willing to make the difference. There are some positives to higher interest rates. I'm going to share in the next segment, your personal bank being among those, and also an economic plan that I saw one of the candidates recently that I think is right on. I would encourage a few other things, but it's definitely in the right track. So stay tuned in the next segment. Don't miss it. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferens Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferens at 866 866- 268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferentz Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferentz. And in the last segment, we were discussing the downgrade Fitch did of the U.S. Uh, government long-term debt. Uh, this, again, is a very, very big deal. This is going to affect every American. And uh, something you should be aware of. If you miss that, previous segment, as I discussed that a lot, uh, go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to that or any of the previously recorded shows. Some One other thing I want to share, and then I'll get to uh, some positive things, some uh, you know, some, some loot solutions, as I should say, of how to weather this uh, economic storm. But right before I do that, one other thing, I just, you know, it, I just find this ironic. You've got Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen stating the change in Fitch ratings announced today is arbitrary and based on outdated data, and things are better than before. Well, you know, when you have a situation where last year what ratio was three, or in the 3% range and is projected to be 6% next year, deficit, that is, gross domestic of, of the gross domestic product, that is not going in the right direction. You owing more money, but roughly double the percentage-wise, is definitely going the wrong direction. But, of course, Janet Yellen has been wrong about a lot of things before. She also t- told us that, uh, uh, don't worry about it, inflation is transitory, right? Remember that one? So she's just a political hack. 
She's just going to say whatever the you know whatever they want her to say. Unfortunately, she's not really a Treasury Secretary. She's not really working for the American people. She's working for the current administration who appointed her. She's nothing more than a political hack who's been wrong on just about everything she said, including those. So why should we li- listen to her about this, right? I certainly am not. Some positive things. Some, it's clear. It's becoming increasing. Here's the positive. It's becoming increasingly clear that we, if we continue down this fiscal economic path, it's suicide for the for the us as a country. Economic suicide. All right. Everyone understands. You have too much debt. You, everyone who who has a budget, who who pays bills, who has a household or a business, understands. You cannot spend more than you bring in indefinitely. It just does not work. Bad things happen. And this Fitch rating downgrade, uh, credit rating downgrade of the U.S. government uh, debt is just another example of that. And it's a, it's a wake-up call. It's a warning. It's a, it's a canary in the coal mine kind of thing. Um, and we need to pay attention, not just keep barreling down the same path. So some ideas have come about. And one of them that came out recently, which I, uh, for the most part, generally agree with, happens to be uh, the 10-point economic plan that Ron DeSantis has put out recently. Now, whether you're a, um, a fan of Ron DeSantis or, or you know, whatever, the economic 10-point plan, plan here is generally good. There's some things I'm going to share here I'm going to I would like to see go further. What elections are about, it's not always about who wins or loses. Of course, that's important, but it's also the arena of ideas. And when you have a candidate, a significant candidate, Ron DeSantis definitely is that. No one can argue that point. Uh, come out with a 10-point plan, he, whether he wins the presidency this cycle or not, some believe he, if, you know, he will in the, in the relatively near future if he doesn't this go-round. Um, these are ideas that might be implemented by the person who does win. So it, it's, it's good to have these ideas out there. But his 10-point economic plan, again, I generally agree with, one, ending America's abusive relationship with China. Yeah, I agree. Reversing the ever-increasing debt, uh, trade deficits, res- you know, resource um, capital and supply chains and things like that. Those, in accordance with American interests, not global international interests, that is a good thing in general. Because we saw what happened you know, with the COVID shutdowns, how we had supply chain shortages. Uh, unlike I never, most of us had never experienced in our lifetime, like I said, it was a shock to go to a, it wasn't that long ago, a couple of years ago, going to a grocery store and seeing like rows of empty shelves, prosperous neighborhoods and good, nice areas. I mean, it was, it was truly shocking. And where there was a period of time, folks, you don't, I'm sure you don't have that short of memory where it was next, nearly impossible to purchase something, a staple as simple as toilet paper, right? And other things. But think about that being overly reliant on international entities that don't necessarily have our best interests in mind is just not smart. Uh, he's talking about achieving 3% economic growth by cutting uh, binary regulations, lowering taxes, incentivizing investment in the U.S. Those are all good things. And whenever you can cut regulations, um, government regulations, that just, you know, that is a good thing to drive the economic engine. Government does not uh, create. Government only Government's the caboose, not the economic engine. 
It acts like the engine. It acts like it's in charge. And the reality is it's a caboose. It's getting drug along. And the bigger that caboose is, the more work the engine has to do to pull it. And when it becomes overly large, overly, what's the word I'm trying to think? It's just obnoxiously large. That engine has a harder and harder time pulling it, pulling it along. So there needs to be a balance. There needs to be some regulation. I'm not saying there doesn't, but the amount of regulations government uh, government is it's gotten beyond ridiculous. You talk to any business owner, and they agree with that. In fact, if you go back to the Trump administration, again, like them or hate them, whatever, it doesn't matter. No one can argue that the economy was not strong during that time period. It was. It was very strong, historically so in many respects. And um, there were some tax cuts, of course, not as, by the way, those tax cuts were not as significant as the Reagan tax cuts. Those were even more so, just so you know. But one of the other things that the, the Trump administration did, and rigorously, they aggressively cut back a, a bunch, a bunch of reg, government regulations. In fact, they put out, this is little known. I've shared this fact with some people, and very few people are aware of this. But early on in the Trump administration, they put out a rule. He put out an executive order, okay, stating that any new um, rule, um, regulation, had to be, if there was a new regulation, it had to be re uh, replaced. In other words, two had to go away to implement a new one. So a two-for-one rule, right? You had to get rid of two if you wanted to implement a new rule. Well, it became kind of a competition within the executive branch and uh, an that first year that they implemented that, they averaged, the administration averaged reducing, cutting 18 regulations for every new one implemented. That's impressive. That was one of the biggest things, positive things, that the Trump administration did from an economic standpoint, from a government regulatory standpoint. And you talk to any economist or anyone who's worth their salt that'll be honest, that is one of the biggest reasons why the U.S. economy was cruising along and doing as well as it was doing. It wasn't Trump tax cuts did help, but not nearly as much as cutting of red tape, cutting of rep, uh, uh, unnecessary regulations. That had a far bigger impact on economic prosperity. And by the way, that prosperity affected all Americans of all stripes, all classes, all economics, you know, everybody. So that's, you know, I've often said cutting regulation is much, much bigger deal than reducing taxes, okay? It has a much bigger impact. And I've shared this even on a personal standpoint. You know, a lot of people ask me what I do and what I've done. And of course, I discuss the personal bank concept here on the show often. But, you know, I started my first decade in the financial industry, um, it, you know, doing a lot of retirement planning, a lot of annuities, for example, and et cetera, and other financial tools. But I'll give you an example. There's a product, there's an annuity product that was offered in my, I think my first or second year as a, in, in the financial business. We're going back 22, 22, 23 years. Same product, that same uh, tool, annuity, is still available today by the same company. It's a, it's a really good product if you're looking for that, an annuity. The application when I started was two pages. It was actually one page. It was printed on the front and back, okay? That same product today, I did one for a client the, a few months ago, and the application was 54 pages for the exact same product, exact same company, no changes, none whatsoever in 22 years. Look, when you go from regulation to do an application of, of two pages to 54 pages, 
Think of just the time wasted to, to and most of that is redundant. It's a waste of time. Some of it, some of it has some value. I've, I've, I've admitted to that freely, but a lot, most of it, frankly, is nothing more than a waste of time. You multiply that across the board, across our economy, to every business, every product, every, everything out there, and you can just see the incredible amount of wasted time and energy filling out paperwork to accomplish the same thing that could be done 20 years ago in a few minutes now takes half hour, 45 minutes to accomplish the exact same thing. That's what government regulation does. That's just one very simple example, okay? So that's a really, uh, this reducing government regulation is a really, really big deal and far bigger deal than I think most people recognize. Again, most people haven't run their own business, okay, and been involved with that. But any business owner you talk to, any any industry, it doesn't matter. Uh, clients across the board, any interest, any industry you can think of, I probably have a client in that industry, and when I talk to them, uh, they have the same stories. They have the same problems, the same frustration, how government regulation has made business more difficult, more expensive, more time-consuming. And guess what, folks? Less efficiency. Guess who pays for that? The end consumer. Okay? It's that simple. Uh, the next one he talks about here is making energy, America energy independent. <laughs> Absolutely. There, I mean, we, this country was, was so sad. Is this country was energy independent just a couple, three years ago. Security standpoint, it's, it's, it's imperative. It's not only an economic thing, but it's a national security issue on top of it. In fact, we're generating our own energy and not needing to take it from foreign sources like the Middle East, etc. It tends to lead to more peace. You know who doesn't like peace? Federal bureaucracy, the federal, the military-industrial complex. We've talked about that before. They gain power and money through endless conflict, okay? And, and those that benefit, that profit from war, war, making war materials and all that. That's why they, folks, I put the, you know, think about it a minute. Why are they against energy independence? Because that would tend to lead to more peace, which means they would less make less money and they would have less power. It'd be great for the country, be great for the average American, it'd be great for individuals and businesses and everything else, but those people it would not be great for. And again, we need candidates who support peace, not war. Stay tuned in the next segment. I'm running out. I'm running out of hard break here. I'm going to share some more ideas from this 10-point plan from uh, Ron DeSantis, which is very good, and I'll share some ideas where I think we could take beyond that that could be improved. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc, and I've been discussing this 10-point economic plan that's been put out recently by Ron DeSantis, who, of course, is running for president. And whether you support Ron DeSantis or Trump or some other candidate, uh, Vivek has been uh, getting popular too, I don't think that's as important as this 
10-point economic plan, again, primaries, elections, these are the arena of ideas. This is where ideas come, whether they gain strength or not. And oftentimes, whether a candidate wins a, a, uh, an election or not, many of the ideas of a losing candidate, okay, one that doesn't win, get implemented by the winning candidate because the winning candidate sees that it's a winner. These ideas are winners. People like these ideas and they want these ideas implemented. So putting out these ideas, I think is great. Okay. Again, whether you support DeSantis for presidency or not, or whether you support him for this cycle or not, doesn't matter. The ideas are good. If you missed some of it, go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to this, this, or any of the previously recorded shows. Some of the things he's sharing in this 10-point plan, clamping down on woke ESG incentives. You know, amen, brother. I couldn't say, you know, I couldn't agree more. In fact, I saw some articles recently where the um, ESG, that's environmental, social governance stuff, um, is losing favor in, you know, in places like Wall Street and government or uh, executive boardrooms and all that. And the big fund managers. In fact, the percentage of monies they're investing in these the ESG initiatives and stuff has been going down markedly in 2023, for example, versus 2022. That's all good news because is nothing more than a way to control people. Um, you know, the World Economic Forum is all for this, all that. If you're an investor, if you're a money manager, and a, whatever, that kind of thing, your, your goal, your job, the fiduciary responsibility is to make money for the investors. That's your legal responsibility. And anything that deviates from that deviates from your legal responsibility. And I think some of these folks are starting to realize they might have some potential legal liability, too, in there. And that's a good thing. So um, here's another one. Returning the U.S. to an economic system of meritocracy. Absolutely. You know, meritocracy, that's what our country's been built on. It's called the land of opportunity for a reason. It has been called that for a couple hundred years at least, okay? And that's what one of the big reasons why this country has thrived for so long is because so many places around the world, it doesn't matter um, how smart you are, how ambitious you are, whatever, you do, do not ever have the opportunity to climb the economic ladder um, there's too many obstacles in place. Uh, here, with the right in, right opportunities, incentives, hard work, and a little bit of luck, let's be fair, you have the opportunity, not the guarantee, but you have the opportunity to do better, to, to do more. And that has been what has drawn people to this country for over 200 years. Let's be real. Return. Uh, here's another. Reforming the education system by supporting school choice nationwide and protecting parental rights. In, and for reforming accreditation, these are all good things. The the left, the the Marxists, the leftists, there's no question have taken over the education system. They dominate that 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 arena, and they have done so and did so for quite some time, uh, for decades now. And there that needs to be changed. That needs to stop. Um, in fact, there's some good news on that front. Dr. Jordan Peterson is now launching an online university to counter left-wing bias. As he says, the system is ripe for extreme upset. He is absolutely correct. In fact, he's going to be offering an online bachelor's degree for around $4,000. <laughs> I think that's awesome. And his plan is to bring some of the best lecturers and teachers and across the in the world 
and as he wants, he wants to create a severe and high quality accreditation standard so that people that graduate this university will know they'll be stamped with a credential that indicates genuine competence, literacy, intelligence, conscientiousness, and so forth. I couldn't agree more. One, if he can accomplish this, which and I believe he probably will, he has the credentials and the resources and the connections to do so, and the credibility, frankly, that would be a truly awesome scenario where people could get a bachelor's degree, like you said, for around four grand. Think about that, folks. That'd be about a thousand a year. That'd be affordable for most anyone. And it could end up being a higher quality education with a better accreditation than you would get nearly anywhere else. That would overturn, absolutely overturn, the stranglehold that the left has in the indoctrination, particularly in college, in educations, but, uh, but particularly in college. So, so what the good news is, you know, these op- these changes that are occurring are creating opportunities for people to step up and create a, a, an alternative. And I, I, I sincerely hope that this takes off in a big way, and I, I could see that happening. Um, another one of uh, DeSantis' economic points: protecting American jobs from those who illegally enter the U.S. He's right, enforcing the federal immigration laws and securing the border. I mean, there's almost nobody who's against that. And I'm talking about left, right, and everything in between. The only people that are that are in favor of an open border truly are those that are far left Marxists, okay? And that's maybe, I mean, I'm being generous if I say it's 20% of the population. Politicians and leaders, and these are particularly in the Democratic Party, who have this pipe dream fantasy that if they let in enough people, eventually they'll vote for them. That's far from assured that that's actually going to happen because a lot of these people are leaving and escaping countries with socialism and government control and things like that. Why in the world, once they get a little bit educated, why in the world would they vote that way? Particularly if they get any kind of success, still, even though there are roadblocks and obstacles, opportunities in the U.S. today far more than there used to be, it's still far better than most parts of the world, okay? Particularly where many of these people are coming from. So, and there are a lot of studies showing that a lot of these, particularly Hispanic voters and people coming from formerly um, socialistic and, and communist countries, are not voting Democrat or liberal because they don't. Want, they just they saw what the results of Marxism is. And Marxism, by the way, by definition, is socialism and communism. They're just two level, two different levels. Of socialism. If you don't believe me, read Karl Marx, okay? Because that's where it comes from, all right? And they've lived it. They've seen it. Why would they want to go back to it? They just escaped it, right? Legally or, or otherwise. And then the last people who benefit from an open border, frankly, are the drug dealers and the cartels. I mean, let's be real. That's who's benefiting. Another one I like, reigning in the Federal Reserve. Now, by, now he says, by appointing a chairman who will focus on maintaining a stable dollar instead of the political pressures of the day. I agree with that, absolutely. But I think to rein in the Federal Reserve, you're going to have to do far more than just appoint a chairman. Uh, it, it's, it's like most of these government bureaucracies. You can bring in a new leader, but every all the troops almost you know down the line, except maybe down the lower level folks, are dead set against what you're trying to accomplish, and they're going to sabotage at every, every stage. This is where I would like to see DeSantis or anybody, whoever gets there, to take, the, take it to a far greater level uh, the Federal Reserve needs to be revamped tremendously, not just the chairman, okay? Uh, their, their, their mandate needs to be 
completely changed. Again, focusing on a stable dollar would be a great place to start, but it's going to be take, again, far more than just the chairman, I believe. Ending corporate bailouts and requiring more transparency from big banks and financial actors? Sure, no issue there. And then ending reckless government spending? Absolutely, but not much. there's not much there in terms of, like, okay, specifically, what do you mean? You know, at this point, any additional government spending is reckless, in my opinion. But what do you mean by reckless government spending? How much? What are you thinking about cutting? As we're talking about cutting 1%, 10%, cutting in half. I said this over and over again. To me, if I was president, if I for somehow got, you know, I'm not going to run. There's no way. Um, but most people wouldn't because they wouldn't want to deal with the hassle of it, for one. But the reality is if for some some miracle I was, you know, got there, day one, my my first step would be approximately 20% of federal employees are designated by the federal government as non-essential. Day one, they'd have their pink slip, five o'clock, clean out your desk. You're non-essential. We don't need you and we have too much debt. Any business that was running into financial challenges, what's the first thing they do? They cut costs. And one of the first thing, the biggest costs typically, and federal government included, is employees. They have far, far too many employees and their government and workforce needs to be reduced. The government bureaucracy needs to be reduced. That's where I'd start. 20% is just like, that's day one. Okay? That's easy. I My opinion is every government agency could be cut in half, just about, very few exceptions, without any issue, without any negative detriment to the services they could offer or provide that are necessary, but it would be a tremendous boon to their economy, and probably half or more of the agencies themselves could be wiped out completely because they're redundant or not necessary or outdated. That's my opinion. But, uh, that's that's the only thing I would say. That's an area where I would like to see far more uh, robust, uh, not just say, oh, we're going to end reckless spending. Well, government spending, okay, but what does that mean? And that's where I think some of the people, if you you know, the last thought on Ron DeSantis, I like him as a, he's great governor of Florida. He's done tremendous stuff there. I think he's been struggling in his campaign. And I think it's because it's a little bit, not, I don't know if this is coming from him, the messaging or his team. I'm not sure what it is. Because when you hear him talk, he seems pretty strong. I like it. But some of this messaging seems kind of weak, kind of rhino-ish, if you know what I'm trying to say almost. And I think he's getting some advice or listening to some people that, you know, are not giving him the best advice to be to be the strong candidate that he could be. He could be a Trump without the uh, emotional baggage, okay? And I think that's what initially when a lot of people are looking at him or still doing so, uh, we're thinking, you know, that that could be a great combination. I, I was considering that some myself. So anyway, that would just be my voice advice and why I bring these things up I guess the last thing I'll share on this before the next break is I really appreciate the positive feedback I've been getting from folks lately and as the show has grown and we're expanding into new stations we're already nationwide and we're adding more stations it's exciting but I've noticed there's a lot of times when I share some thoughts on this show I've just got to believe there's some people listening because I then hear some of these thoughts it's funny not long after I share them you hear them on some of the national broadcasts and Fox News and various other places. Uh, well, I've seen things on Wall Street Journal and all where I didn't see it anywhere else before and I mentioned it. And then that idea showed up or a close idea. 
I don't know if I'm the one that came up with the original idea, per se, or if it was more of a consensus of several people coming to the same conclusion at a similar time frame. I don't really care who gets the credit here. What I care about is the direction of our country shifting back to a more fiscally responsible one, one that we recognize growing up where the land of opportunity, meritocracy was important, where people aren't arguing with each other and fighting so much and, and recognize that this is, this is a tremendous country, a tremendous society that's been built, a tremendous place to live, raise a family, grow old, all those things. I just want people, you know, I, as a first generation, I've shared this so many times with my dad escaping communism, literally, in Hungary when he was young and coming to this country and I being first generation. I just wish a lot of these people who complain really, truly recognized how blessed they are. There's a true lack of gratitude. And I would like to see some of that come back because anyone who is born or lives in this country is truly blessed. You compare this to a lot, most anywhere else around the world, and you'll quickly recognize that. And I would hate to see be lost. I mean, it would be a true shame because having freedom, having economic prosperity, having safe, being safe in general, and you know these kinds of things that we've enjoyed—freedom of speech and all these kinds of things, being innocent before proven guilty, and all those things are not the norm. They're, the, they're not the norm around the world, and they're not the norm throughout human history. And people need to recognize how blessed they are and recognize how, how fortunate they truly are to have this, and to lose it would be truly a shame. Stay tuned in the last segment. I'm going to share a few thoughts on how to navigate some of this stuff we've got headed, you know, headed our way now that Fitch has downgraded the U.S. debt. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferens Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferens at 866 866- 268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ference, and as we've been discussing today, one of the three large uh, credit rating agencies, Fitch, has recently downgraded the U.S. long-term debt from AAA to AA+. What is this? We've been discussing this all day. What does this mean? Well, the reality is it means that um, interest rates are going to stay, are going to be, it's more expensive to borrow money. Interest rates are going to be higher for longer. The, the days of the easy monetary policy and low interest rate environment increasingly, increasingly is behind the rear rear mirror and it's not going, coming back. And there's a few other things and I'm going to share some solutions. So I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned here. Um, so there is some good news, but while this is going on at the same time, you know, I say, you know, history, I, I've heard. I've heard this from Mark Twain. I, I, I've shared this many times that, um, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Well, you know, we, we are, I haven't talked about this a lot. It, it's becoming increasingly clear to anyone who's paying any attention that the Biden business dealings 
are, are truly shaping up to be one of the greatest corruption scandals in the history of the United States, and certainly in D.C. And when you talk about, you know, history repeating it or rhyming, well, you know, it, I've said this decade is shaping up more and more, to go, I think, to look like the 1970s. We had energy challenges. We had high inflation, high interest rates. We had a, a corruption uh, scandal that went all the way to the U.S. president with Nixon actually resigning. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some similarities, uh, impeachment type stuff going on in the near future. And again, rhyming the 1970s uh, to, um, you know, it's just become increasingly obvious. While this is going on, and I think this is intentional, while these business dealings and this corruption and all this stuff is going on, so a lot of the media attention, a lot of the oxygen is being eaten up by that, the Biden administration is aggressively now going after things like, um, you know, the uh, light, well, they just banned light bulbs, incandescent light bulbs, thank you. You know, like I said, so much for getting the government out of your lives. Got to be kidding me. So apparently, starting August 1st, you can't buy a incandescent bulb or a halogen light bulb in the United States. What in the world does the government have right do they have? It's just like when they were shutting down businesses, small businesses during COVID. What right? It's plain stupid. It's obnoxious. It's ridiculous. It's government overreach. First, they were going after gas stoves, and then because of the outrage, they said they weren't going to. And then they quietly are going after them again, by the way. We'll share that further in a minute. Uh, but now they've banned light bulbs. So now everybody's got to buy LED bulbs. You know, I'm sorry. Whether you like LED bulbs or not, whether it saves money or not, this, I thought it was supposed to be a free country. Shouldn't we have the choice as consumers, as American citizens, what kind of light bulb we, we purchase? The Biden administration doesn't agree. Well, guess what? It's not. They're not done there. They're also now going after air conditioners. The EPA has just announced a 40% production cut in 2024 for HFCs, which is a refrigerant that's used in primarily in air conditioners. What this is going to do is going to cost homeowners significantly more for repairs. Also, uh, a good percentage of the AC units that have been produced or you can purchase will no longer be available. So they have to be more energy efficient means, folks, they're going to cost more. So people are going to have to now pay a significantly much more for not only well, air conditioners, of course, light bulbs, washing machines, refrigerators, dishwashers, ceiling fans, water heaters, and other home appliances. They're going after all of this stuff. Folks, this is getting ridiculous. They're going after every, you know, all the household conveniences we have. And if that wasn't bad enough, if that wasn't crazy enough, the Biden administration is now also stating it's going to withhold funding for uh, schools that offer uh, shooting classes with uh, either archery or gun classes. These are like target shooting, sporting, sport shooting, stuff like that. This apparently is going to affect approximately 9,000 schools across 49 states and about 1.3 million students. Some of them have already canceled their plans to include their archery hunting education courses so that they won't get their federal funding. What role, what place does the administration, the, the um, federal government in general, let's say, but particularly the, the executive branch, what rule do they have to say, hey, uh, 
you know, schools can't teach archery classes anymore. I'm sorry. There's nowhere in the Constitution that allows them to do that. There needs to be a tremendous pushback. But this is just part of, of the things that they are doing. It's just, it goes on and on and on. And if you haven't figured out that if we continue to, to allow Democrats primarily and some rhinos, but these people who are for big government, we continue to allow them to be in office and in, in charge, in control, we will, we will soon erode nearly every freedom opportunity that we have as Americans. I've had some people scoff at me about that. But you know what? It's becoming increasingly abundantly off, obvious that you know, unless you're asleep at the wheel or hiding, living under a rock, they're coming after something. They're just they're coming after something that's going to affect you, whether it's fuel, food, you know, light bulbs, air conditioners, anything, any of it. Your gas stove. They're coming after all of it, folks. And now some of the latest stuff. They're they're now uh, proposing things that are in essence would eliminate gas-powered cars in about 10 or 12 years. Federally, not, not California. They're already way off the deep end. They're proposing to, to go after that now, too. Folks, this stuff has got to be stopped. This federal government is completely and totally out of control. It's, it, the bureaucracy is too big. It's too powerful. It's got, it's got, it, it needs to get out of our way. And it would be such, oh my gosh, it would be such a breath of fresh air. I heard some, something about um, the Italian, um, I forgot her name. She's the new Italian prime minister and, you know, she's somewhat conservative. Okay, so more so than most of the others. But she mentioned something recently about our goal, our job is, as government is just to get out of our citizens' ways. Gosh, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be refreshing? It'd be incredibly refreshing if we could see some of that here. Like I said, the only positive I can see from this is as they continue to push and push and push and keep interfering with our lives and taking away things from us, like light bulbs, the more people are going to say enough's enough and vote these bums out. Get rid of these these people that are... I don't know where they got these ideas. I, I struggle. I've... I've been trying to really understand where these people come from and why they f- are so adamant about coming after some of, even some of the most basic things in our lives, like light bulbs. I truly have, have not been able to understand the reasoning. I mean, I get power and money and control. This is ridiculous. I mean, this is, this is actually, in my opinion, it's getting to the point it's way beyond power and money even. I often said, if you want to understand something, follow the money. And there's a lot of truth in that. But I, I, this is getting to a, a religious fervor point where it's, it's like it's a cult. It's a religious cult. And there, there is no reason and sanity just don't apply in this. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a religious fervor. And maybe that's the best, um, best explanation. And you're not going to convert those kind of people. They're just, they, they've been indoctrinated. They bought the Kool-Aid man and they're drinking it and they ain't going to change it. It doesn't matter what you say or do. Only thing you can do is just marginalize them, get them out of the way, get them out of power, get them out of office and stop. You know, we just got to stop listening to it and, and realize and recognize that some common sense and normalcy, uh, which, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, um, what, what used to be considered, uh, Normal is now called conservative. Well, whatever. I don't care what you call it. We just need some normalcy back. 
And so I'm, I fervently pray and hope that majority of people are figuring this out and quickly, certainly before the next election comes up. Now, I promised a few thoughts because, again, the big economic news is Fitch downgraded the U.S. long-term debt. What's that mean? Again, higher interest rates, higher costs of borrowing. What's the, what's the result? I was talking to the CEO of a financial institution just yesterday, and it was interesting. I, uh, he was asking me about my show and what, what I was sharing, and I said, one of the biggest ideas I've been sharing lately is the asset classes that thrived in the past decade or so due to easy monetary policy, low interest rate environment. Things like come to mind, obviously, are things like the stock market and real estate markets. They thrived in the last decade, and the things that struggled were fixed you know, fixed accounts, guaranteed int- or interest accounts, dividends, those kinds of things, interest rate sensitive assets, struggled over the last decade or so. Well, all that's turned on its ear. That's completely flipped. And now with the downgrading of the credit and all those kinds of things, those are the kinds of things that are going to cause higher interest rates to linger and last for a long period of time. This isn't a short-term deal. This is a long-term deal. That means those assets that struggled in the past decade are likely going to thrive in this next decade. He was like, you're absolutely right. He goes, in fact, he started asking me some questions. Again, this is a very... this is a CEO of a significant company um, in, the financial, in the financial arena. And he said, you know, for the first time uh, in decades, I'm considering even buying bonds personally. And I shared some thoughts with him on the personal bank. He was very receptive to that idea. We'll see how it goes, obviously. Your personal bank is dividend, interest rate sensitive asset, dividends. Dividends, folks, are going up because interest rates have gone up. And they're going to be going up. I've been saying for a while likely, assuming the Federal Reserve does not raise interest rates any more than they have, but most people think they will. In fact, Fitch stated they expect another interest rate hike or two and to keep the interest rates where they're at through at least, they said, March of 2024. The Federal Reserve is stating through the through all of 2024. We'll see what happens. But that means interest rates are going are going probably going higher than they are now and stay there for a while. That means dividends are going up not only probably the next three to five years because insurance companies increase dividends annually, but they're probably so it's going to take some time to catch up, if you will. But they're going to increase not only the next three to five years, but probably longer. And with this downgrade, that down these credit rating downgrade, that in this, in essence essentially makes that that's more likely to happen. Okay, so we're going to see higher dividends, higher returns. Again, tax free. What are taxes going to do in the future? What's going to happen there? Well, with high debt, that increases the likelihood of higher taxes because the government's going to have to pay this interest debt, the interest on this debt. And it's going to be a higher and higher percentage of, <laughs> of what they owe. They're going to have to pay it somehow. And one of the ways they can do that is through higher tax revenues, okay? Taking more from the people. If you have a tax-free account, that is going to be even more important and creates options for you. Especially if you have, have an IRA, 401k type of accounts where if most, if not all, your money is in those type of accounts, you're subject to the whims of the Congress or whatever the current tax rates are. By creating a tax-free bucket of money, you create yourself options and reduce your overall tax liability. Look, if you want to discuss this further, if you have any questions and you'd like to talk to me, and yes, you'll get to talk to me if you contact me, You know, reach out to me at yourpersonalbank.com. I'll be happy to talk to you and share with you how this 
could help you thrive through the next the next decade, just like stocks and real estate, for example, really thrived in the past decade. As always, stay tuned to the Your Personal Bank Show for more great information. And as long as it's on our money, in God we trust. Listen Tuesdays at noon and Saturdays at 1 to the Your Personal Bank Show for more information. Contact Ference at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guests of this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Some products discussed may have limitations and not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. For current rates, contact Ference at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.